Welcome to the Lane One Talk Show. I am your host, Philip Reed, and uh, got my boy, co-host Mark Weezar. How's it going, Phil? Hello. We're doing it. Long overdue, uh, man. We've been talking about this for a minute. Long overdue. I know. Long overdue. You know, this is culmination of long runs, cool downs, traveling together. I'm really excited about this. Um, yeah, so let's jump in. So I got my partner in crime here, uh, Mark Weezar. He is, him and I are both Hoka Aggies. Um, and we train here in the Central Coast, California, in uh, San Luis Obispo. You can see it on the hat uh, right here. Yeah, you got it on the hat. On my hat. Repping. Um, Mark, a little, some, some, uh, some about his background. Cal Poly Pomona graduate, uh, Los Altos High School, SoCal. Um, represent, I'm also a SoCal kid. Um, uh, two times All-American Division II. Um, and recently ran 64 minutes in the half marathon San Jose, has PR of 13.49 in the 5K, and also, like, very similar to myself, ran 14.03 in college. Um, and, you know, probably, you know, probably one, of your, one of your bigger accomplishments is the uh, Hacienda League champion 3,200 meters. I know that's probably something you're very proud of, right? Yeah, I mean it was cool. Our league was a uh, was competitive for for my for my general area where running isn't really that popular. So we had some really good guys in there. So for me to be able to like win one meant a lot because I have a string of second place finishes in my life. So I saw that having a title in my life is pretty cool. Right. Yeah. So let me introduce your main host over here, my boy Phil Reed. Now Phil is. He is not by any means a braggart. The dude is, uh, he is, he is one of the most humble people you'll meet in the sense of he could be your number one guy on the team and he'll say, Hey, I'm just trying to make the travel squad. But let me just give you a little, a little rundown of this guy. He was a two-time state champion in high school. He was a 407 miler back before super shoes. So let me tell you this. He was out here running in, in um, the Nike, the, the zoom Kennedy's back yep. before any carbon fiber back before yep. any zoom X foam. He was a 407 miler, so we're talking about Blue Blood here. He has a sub-14 at Mount Sac. He has a low 15 at Woodward. Um, won the 1600 in high school, was runner-up as a junior, and uh, won the state title in Division II for cross-country. Uh, he's a two-time NCAA Division I All-American, so for Cal Poly in cross-country. I think his highest finish was about 23rd, taking some very notable bodies from, like, the Stanford machine back when Oregon was on top making uh, NCAA runs. Um, he's a two-time uh, trials yeah. qualifier in 2016, yep. and he qualified again in uh for this upcoming one for 2024 that's going to be taking place in Orlando. He's also a two-time USA Outdoor 5K qualifier. So he made it once in 2011 where he ran a 1339 5K PR, qualified for outdoors. And then we're talking about longevity, man. This dude made it again in 2018 where he ran, I think, 1351 got you in that time and got to compete a second time, but he also is a three-time Team USA member. So he made Edinburgh cross-country two times, and he also made Pan American Games in cross-country as well. So 
it's a little bit i told him to introduce me first just because his accolades are so crazy to me in the sense of not everybody gets to rep that usa on their jersey not everybody gets to go travel the world and end up seeing some pretty cool places and probably the accomplishment he's most proud of is he's a one-time first team all dad so he has a kid named calvin he's a young toddler so that's probably his biggest accolade that he's proud of yeah thanks mark that's uh that was very good introduction there um yeah calvin got one time one time dad's my proudest you know so the the best goes last there um yeah but outside of stuff tell me a little bit about who phil reed is so a couple things that i want to know is personal life i want to know what you do for a living because we're not pro runners here we do this simply for the love of the sport i also want to know how you got into running and um, just kind of that little bit of a backstory Right. So my, my backstory, um, you know, with running is I started running at a young age, um, you know, age five, six, um, for a youth, um, track team in my hometown, Oxnard, California. Um, we had a, a local, a youth, really good youth program. And I started at a young age and I just, I, I was like, I wasn't super athletic. I was kind of like, kind of like an awkward kid in elementary school, like not like kind of like picked last for like dodgeball and, um, and, and, you know, kickball and stuff like that. Cause I wasn't super coordinated in basketball, recess soccer. So I, I, I played all those sports, but I just, you know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't very good. Um, and then I found running at a young age and, you know, I started, I started off like with, with youth running when you're five and six years old, you're literally just doing the long jump and the hundred meter dash and the relay. And then I just got more into it and um, I just got more serious. And then I discovered in middle school, I discovered youth cross country. It's actually, um, you know, on a, um, actually kind of a side note. I met Jamison Mora in, um, in middle school and youth track in like 97, 98. Uh, Jamison Mora is a, a former Cal Poly um, runner teammate. Uh, he's from Santa Clarita painting country and, He's also an Aggie and 215 marathon, 214 marathon or something like that. Yeah, I think he got 215. Yeah, 215. So, you know, um, so, you know, that I met him a long time ago. But yeah, I uh, started running, um, got more competitive junior Olympics, got into high school, Rio Mesa High School. Um, They got a scholarship to run Division One at Cal Poly, uh, track and field. And, you know, when I was coming up through, you know, we had Ben Bruce on the team. We had Maggie Vesey and Sharon Day and uh, Stephanie Brown Trafton. Like our our travel squad was like Olympians only. And it was like, so at a young age, like at a, you know, eight, 17, 18, 19 years old, I have like, you know, it, you walk into the training room and it's like you have, you know, USATF top tenors just hanging out. You have Olympians just hanging out. So, at a, you know, <laughs> I, 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 you know, it, for being kind of a, like a mid-major school, we had a lot of firepower and, um, you know, and that, I think that, you know, helped with my longevity, especially someone like Ben Bruce and, um, you know, who was a distance runner and who had a lot of success and seen him turn pro. Um, so then I, you know, I graduate, get my degree and, uh, eventually go back to grad school, get my master's degree in education and start teaching, coaching at a local uh high school uh get married um and i just can you know after college i joined the aggies joe rubio been been with the group ever since you know 16 years now so 16 years yeah 07 i joined and you know the rest has kind of been you know 
the rest has been history. It's, 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 you know, it's running is something that's very, you know, very important to me. It's something that, that keeps me grounded. Um, you know, it's something that, you know, you, 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 you know, I've developed a lot of relationships, you know, through, through running and just kind of like preparing for club nets and all the people that I've been on teams with travel squads with. Um, so, um, yeah, that, that kind of brings us to, you know, where we are today, you know, and getting ready for, um, the trials and it's, it, and we're back, you know, we're, we're in that period of time between yays and club nationals and, um, yeah, so that's kind of how, um, you know, my rise, um, to, uh, to, to running and my come up, uh, what about yourself, Mark? I want to hear about your come up. I want to, your origin story. Oh man. Like how I started running. So yeah. for me, it was actually because, um, my brother, my brother ran cross country when I was like in the first grade, he was in like the fourth grade. So for him, I would just see him get on buses and get to go places. So for me, I, I didn't quite know what cross country was, um, up until about second grade. Then that's when we're eligible to like start, start competing and stuff like that. So found out all you did was run and I was pretty good at that. Like <laughs> at PE me, I wasn't like, like you, um, I wasn't really tall. I wasn't really big. I wasn't really fast. So for me, I was that kid. I'd put in hours of work in my backyard, working on like my 40 time, working on layups in the backyard, working on making wide open jump shots just so I can get picked. Not so I was like the best player out there. I was just trying to get picked. Right. But yeah, running top, was one of those top five, top five, man. Yeah. <laughs> I was just trying to, I was trying to make a, make the team on the blacktop. So for me, running was one of those things I was naturally good at. So I held it like pretty close to my chest because every time we're in PE, we kind of, um, uh, we kind of would always do time mile. I was always winning or I was always like top three. And we did have like qualifying meets, like districts, states, stuff like that. I never, um, I qualified for states, but I would do like districts and stuff like that for our elementary school. Um, but so you had, you, you had, um, running in elementary school at your actual elementary school. Yeah. We had leagues, man. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. We had, that's a really cool. Yeah. So, um, and California had a whole state circuit and everything, but it was in Bakersfield. So my parents were like, bro, we're not going to Bakersfield for you to go run a 1500 <laughs> oh, <laughs> like cross country race, but I'd go race, that's um, cool. our like districts, which was in like Baldwin park Yeah. at Morgan park. I clearly remember that, but, um, ended up quitting running after sixth grade because I was going to make the NFL. And started playing Got football yeah. in seventh and eighth grade. Yeah, going to the NFL is going to be starting wide receiver for the Rams. I had it all planned out, man. I had exactly what kind of home I was going to buy my mom. Yep. And then end of eighth grade rolls around, summer going into freshman year. I'm still 4'11, 93 pounds. <laughs> so I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Maybe this whole football thing is not going to work out for me. Starting wide receiver. Starting wide receiver. Yep. So decided to drop football. Kind of just didn't, did nothing for a couple of years. And then, um, my sophomore year rolled around and track season was coming up. I ended up racing some guy because we both like, we would like both like the same girl. So I ended up racing him and I beat him at PE and ran fast enough so that the track coach was like, Hey, can you do that again? So I lined up again and I ran the same time around five fifty six for the mile back to back times with like five rest. And he was like, do you want to be on the track team? So I was like, sure. It's ninth like, ninth grade. Uh, 10th grade. 10th grade. So I joined the track track team in like March, my 10th grade. They didn't take it too serious. I was like texting on runs. I was like 
missing practice. I just randomly not show up. I skipped uh, San Gabriel Valley championships just because I didn't feel like going just stuff like that. And then my junior year, I decided like, you know what, I'm gonna take it serious. At the time I had super long Justin Bieber hair. So I cut it. And that was like, kind of like my, like, that was my sign of like, all right, I want to actually take things serious, like becoming a man. And I started running, um, wound up setting a couple school records in the two mile um, and in three mile cross country, Woodward, Mount Sac. And that ended up getting me a scholarship to Cal Poly Pomona. I really wanted to go to Cal Poly slow, but like my dad sat me down and was like, all right, you got to pick the school that's going to pay for your tuition. You can either suck it up and go D2 and get the full ride, or you can go D1 and be $18,000 in debt per year. So I was like, all right. So I sucked it up, went the D2 route, but ended up going to Cal Poly Pomona, met some of the, some of my best friends that, and some of my favorite people in my life, met people that are like brothers to me. So wouldn't right. change that for the world. Wouldn't trade that for anything. And ironically still ended up in slow and, um, in for us at Cal Poly Pomona, we're quarter systems. So uh, graduation week and nationals were um, one week apart. So all the job fairs were the week of nationals. All my friends went to job fairs. I went to nationals. Mm. So while I was at nationals, got all American on the track, accomplished what I wanted to do. But then it was like, oh, shoot, I don't have anything to do after college. Like had no idea what to do. I had no jobs lined up. Nothing really planned and then i get a call from actually the podcast host of two black two black runners aaron potts calls me on the phone he's just like yeah you are still trying to run after college and i was like yeah why he's like dude um i got recruited by a guy named Derek thomas to come run for the aggies like <laughs> i'm gonna give you this guy's number his name That's is joe awesome. rubio yeah. like give him a call so i called joe and joe goes i can get you a place to live and a job so I was like, say no more. And within like a week, I made the decision. Yeah, I'm moving to slow. Yeah. Like you know, a week from now. <laughs> and so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, walked into my parents' room, moving to slow. And I've been an Aggie since. That was about seven years ago. Yeah. No, I remember when you guys uh, first joined and uh, you and Aaron and uh, your first couple of workouts um, out there. And it was good connect because you guys were SoCal guys. So we could connect on uh Southern section stuff. That's, you know, CIF Southern section, the high school, um, division section in SoCal. That's just ridiculously competitive. Um, yeah. It, yeah, so, it's honestly the Mecca of uh high school, high school yeah. track and field. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's hard to, it's hard for, uh, it's hard to explain, um, you know, just Mount Sac and Arcadia and, you know, getting into all those crazy meets. Um, you know, like I, when I was coming up, I, you know, it was, you know, Allison Felix and I are the same age. So like, <laughs> I, I, you know, so I, Allison Felix was at like my CIF prelims meets and, and Mount Sac and Arcadia. And like, you know, this was 20 years ago, but even 20 years ago, it was, you know, sh she had all the media, um, yeah. around her. And that's like the, that, the, you know, that, that she, obviously that's a, that, that, that's, you know, in an elite case, but that's like, you know, there's other people who have come along the way too, who have, who've garnered that sort of attention. Um, you mentioned in, uh, in, you know, you, in high school that you were, um, that you were, you know, kind of texting on runs, not showing up. What I'm always curious. Cause I coached for 15 years in high school. What, what changed like that, that, that you then, okay, I'm going to show up. I'm going to try, I'm going to care. I'm going to come to practice. I'm going to, connect because you know now you're very much the punctual person in the group the one who's always trying to get the group runs going who's always trying to get team 
activities, whether it's barbecues or dinners or whatever, what, what, what sort of switched? Oh man. I mean, to put it, to put it in reality was I wanted to be, I wanted to do something great. Like I'm from La Puente, California, where it's like, people say they're from West Covina because they don't want to be from La Puente. So for me, it was just always, you know, it, you just kind of want to be, be, I wanted to be better. I wanted to be a part of something great. I wanted to, I wanted to go somewhere for college. I remember what really lit a fire under me was just um, once everybody started talking about college apps, once everybody started talking about like, you know, playing varsity sports, like all my friends were, again, I played football. So all my friends were on the football team or on the baseball team at the time. And um, all of them were going, going into varsity. A lot of them were talking to college scouts. There's already people like getting drafted to the MLB out of high school and stuff like that. So for me, I was nearing that age. So when I like turned 16, that summer from sophomore year going into junior year was just like, well, I got to start taking something serious if I want something to change. So like my GPA was about like 2.6 to 2.8. After that, it rose up to like 3.6 to 3.8, just because it was like, I don't want to be mediocre at everything for the rest of my life. So for me, what really clicked was if I start, you mean to tell me like I did pretty good my sophomore year without trying. You mean to tell me if I put in more effort if I just show up and do what my coach tells me to do and put in like just the bare minimum, let's see how good I could get. I also had a really good friend. His name, his name was a uh, Sergio. He would, he was a, one of them that put bad, a battery in my back. So Phil knows me. I'm a big trash talker mm-hmm. and he would, that guy trash talk harder than anybody. I know. I remember one time I missed a race because I bruised my toe playing football at the park. And he said it, it's B words like you that get burned at invitationals, <laughs> And I will never forget that. I still yeah. remember like that fueled so much flame to me, but um, it was just one wanted to be good at something, man. Like I hadn't really done anything that I was really proud of up until that age. And um, I feel like I hit a lot of ages as I'm getting older where you kind of just have to sit at the corner of your bed and realize like, what the heck am I doing, man? Or like, what the hell am I doing? And um, like being 16 years old, that was one of them just, I'm not good at anything. I'm not great at anything. I'm not accomplishing anything. Like if I don't change something now or try to be good at something that I have potential in, it's just never going to happen for me. That, and, and that, that really set in motion kind of your, your trajectory there, right? Like, yeah, you know, like you said, your grades got better. Right. And, yeah. you know, cause you know, you went, you, you know, we both went to Cal Poly's like you had to have a certain GPA and take the right classes to get into those kinds of schools. So like, you know, I, I, you know, I think, you know, I think a lot of people can connect with that, right? Like, you know, it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like you were a, you know, junior Olympic champion coming out of eighth grade, right? It was, you know, you, you had your couple years of acclimatization, let's say. And, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, that, that put in motion kind of like your, your mindset now, like, you know, your buddy Sergio, like, you know, that, that, that's, you know, that that's kind of like, you've probably had multiple Sergio's now at this point. Oh um, yeah. I have a you know, Sergio it, now, man. There's an actual, <laughs> maybe even a real Sergio. Um, <laughs> um, but, um, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I like, that's some, that's another goal of this podcast is like, you know, exploring some of those stories and, and, um, you know, our, our, you know, overall, uh, rise. Um, so you asked me real quick. You asked me about yes. like um, 
I feel like that was a kind of a topic that hit home a little bit for you. So you used to be a, so you were coaching for a while at AG, your teacher as well. Like, tell me a little bit about your, your personal life outside of the running stuff. I already ran through all your accolades. Everyone now knows that you're yeah. like this accomplished runner outside of like, who is Phil Reed outside of the running times outside of the team USA is all Americans. Who is Phil Reed? That's a good question. I, you know, I, am you know i'm a teacher i'm a teacher uh i teach special education at a local uh a local high school um i'm a dad um and you know that's a good that, that is a good question you know we we do run for the hoka aggies running club and they take good care of us and you know we we, we get good gear and, and and good support but we're not professional athletes um we are you know we, we do this because we love this um you know, we just want to be out there. I like, you know, we had a workout last night. That's where I want to be. Um, but in terms of, you know, outside of, um, outside of, uh, running, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I'm pretty passionate about my job. I know I don't talk a lot about it on the runs and stuff. Um, because you know, I, you know, it's usually outside of work. Right. But, um, I love working, you know, with, um, with my students and, and, um, you know, I'm working on uh, putting together some uh, Special Olympics activities um, recently. And, um, you know, I'm into photography. I'm into videography, um, you know, podcasts, this kind of stuff. This kind of stuff's always been like my thing, right? Like I've always been um, into video and and um, stuff like my, uh, you know, that's that's kind of getting into the Lane One origin story is like I uh, my senior project at Cal Poly was a documentary. Um, cause I was a kinesiology major. So I did a documentary on three athletes. Um, who'd you pick? One, I picked, uh, uh, an Aggie at the time. Uh, her name was Kara June at the time. Now she's Kara Thorne. Um, so she was at the time, um, an elite, uh, steeplechaser. Um, and she was, I think, I think 2008 was the first women's steeplechase at, at the Olympics. Um, I, I want to say that that one. So she was. Yeah, yeah, that, that's right. That's right. Because women women couldn't jump before that. So they, I, I mean, it's even ridiculous. It's even ridiculous to talk about. 2008 was the first year. <laughs> I, you know, so so she, she was training for that. So I profiled. Um, I had a profile on her. I had uh, Chad Mendez. His fifth year as senior, he's. Um, a wrestler, a wrestler. He's a collegiate wrestler at the time. I, um, he was in there now and he went on to do, he fought Conor McGregor, I think. He fought Conor he McGregor. He almost, he almost beat him. Yeah. 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 Dude, he's in um, bare knuckle fighting now. You need to look him up. That dude is yeah. massive. <laughs> I, 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 I need to look him up, but it was, uh, yeah, he was really cool to follow. Um, cause they, I mean, they work, that was, t that was a tough shoot too. So they work out like 5 a.m. and they go hard, like hard, like, like, so you're getting there. It's like kind of like Coach Dion Sanders Prime, like you know, 15 minutes early is on time, so 4:45 or whatever. And yeah, those guys just train hard. They pair up, and so yeah, I, I profiled him. Then a um, uh, a triathlete named uh, Evan Rudd. So that was like the first. That was 0708, the first Lane One production, right? Um, and prior to that, I like would make like little videos in my grandma's backyard with my cousins and stuff like that, and. Um, oh, so, uh, um, and, um, uh, I also like backpacking. I've been on multiple backpacking trips with some other people. Hopefully we'll meet along the way. Uh, Will Geiken, he's an Aggie, 
Uh, Pat Casey is a friend of the Aggies. He was actually at um, PAs. Um, Nick Wolf, former Aggie, Cal Poly grad, um, uh, Cal Poly grad, um, former Aggie, Aggie friend. Um, and Blake Molly, um, Aggie friend, you know, so I've gone backpacking with those guys. Um, you know, so who is Phil Reed? I, I mean, so I've, I've always, you know, kind of long story long, I, I've always prided myself on having a lot of things outside of running, like running for me has always been for fun. I never wanted to, not that I ever had the opportunity, but it always kind of like talking to some elites about like, you know, their contracts getting cut and, and like having to switch brands and switch like, Oh, I got to go move to Arizona. Cause that's where my group is now, or I got to move to Oregon or, you know, wherever zap fitness, like in North Carolina, like, yeah, you know, like, you know, I, I, I that seemed like, okay, it might not be as to have to switch around and possibly lose your ability to pay for food you know, seemed, um, you know, a little intimidating. And I, I, I'm not even saying that I could have been there. You know, I'm not going to say that, well, you know, I could have gone, I could have brought gone pro, you know, because I, I feel like I've been able to sort of dabble in that world. You know what I mean? With, with the USA championships, with the trials, with the USA trips, um, and still like, you know, be a teacher and, um, do all my other little hobbies that I like to do, you know, and I think that's one of the benefits of the blue collar concept, right? Is yeah. Um, you can still continue to do the things that you want to do. Um, and, you know, pursue your own endeavors. Um, so, you know, I, I, you know, running is what I love to do, but it's, it's not like the only thing, right? Like I was injured in 2019, I had knee surgery, meniscus surgery, and then the pandemic happened, right? So I was out of running for two years. Um, you know, it wasn't until a fall, remember that fall season we put together? Yeah, the uh, random random Shoreline Park uh, 10K we threw on. The yeah, and the Ventura 10-miler, right? Then we put it, or was it a half? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah and 10 then, And then we did a, a like a December yeah, 5K. A 5K, yeah, we did yeah. a 5K. We even did a four-mile at Demo Man. Yeah, we did four mile demo. Yeah, so we 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 put together, but that was like, you know, I had eighteen months of no competition. You know. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you you do some introspection. You know, you 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 evaluate. Um, but um, yeah, that's kind of the that's kind of the you know the background, kind of the origins of Lane One. Um, and you know, I I just kind of want to like you know, I want to talk, I want to have conversations like this and, you know, what, 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 uh, you know, things that, you know, are relatable, entertaining, interesting. Um, do we want to talk about what we're training for currently? Yeah, let's do it. Um, let's start off with, we have club cross coming up, uh, next weekend. So right today it's Thursday, November 30th club cross is coming up on what the seventh or the, the eighth December 7th. Yeah. December 7th, we got USA. Oh, 9th. I'm sorry. I think it's December 9th is the actual day. Yeah, it's one of those days. Yeah, it is because I had to request 7th and 8th off of work. So, yeah, 9th, yeah, yeah. So December, yeah, December 9th, USA Club Cross. So, USA TF Club Cross has been a staple for the Aggies for as long as probably the event has been around. What number is this for you? <laughs> this is going to be my uh, 15th. 
Yeah. The 15th. So, so I feel like the biggest thing about club cross is that it gives oh. the average like blue cross a uh, blue cross. <laughs> it gives the all the average um blue collar runner the opportunity to compete at a high level. So there's some big names that usually show up last year. The guy who won it was Cole Hawker. A lot of times you'll see like, you know, Zach Panning from Brooks Hansons usually runs it every year. He made a world team this year. Uh, we've seen other elite teams make it out. Other b- really big names make it out. Just to name a couple of a uh, couple of them, Phil, who are a couple of like the really big names in the running world that you have actually beat at this meet. I want you to flex just a little bit. Because- a little bit. OK, well, the, the year you and I will 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 we'll do a, a, a combo flex first. Um, last, last time you and I, um, got top 10 in Tallahassee, 2021, um, you play seventh. I was ninth. Uh, we were just rolling. We were just like going through. Um, and we, I, we both got Jake Riley. Um, you know, he was, he, he, he competed well, but you know, he was, you know, we, we had got him. Um, and then in, um, in 2011, 2011, it was, we were in Seattle, Washington. Um, I was third place overall and I had, uh, I, I beat Matt Centrowitz by just one place. Um, and I, I like, I didn't even realize that I had beaten him until like I was in the shoot and I was like, Oh, 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 that's, that's Centro. Yeah, up, so he was like seventh in NCAA cross that year, and he was a world bronze medalist that year too. So yeah, 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 he and he, like a scrub version of him. Like this was bronze medalist that, yeah. that year. Yeah, and he, I mean, I was at the same outdoor championships as him that year in Eugene in the five k, um, and he had just, I think he was he he was US champ that year, right? Yeah, he was US champ that year. He, he was had, US champ that year. Not um, yeah, and so that you know, and that's like. You know, and, and I know he's more of a middle distance guy and I'm more 5K, 10K. So I, I but it's like you you never know. And that's like kind of goes back to like, you know, what you were saying about the, um, you know, putting yourself out there and, and, and making the decision. And so much about this sport is showing up healthy and ready to roll. And, and um, you know, you never know who's going to who's going to roll up. You know, um, I actually because of I was actually battling Aaron Braun that year. Um, I don't know if you remember that name. He's a D2 yeah. Adam guys state. well Ad, adam state yeah um but he had a really good career really good um post-collegiate career with like mcmillan elite i don't you know yeah, that, that was, was the, the team back that, in the day. That, that was that was the adidas team back in the day i think he retired with nas elite though um but i was battling him him and i were shoulder to shoulder he out leaned me and uh and and um yeah that's kind of the that's kind of the misnomer people say that i out kicked matt centrowitz but actually I was battling with Aaron Braun and he outkicked me and, and Matt was, Matt was just like fourth place. Um, Ian Dobson was also in that race. Um, former Stanford, uh, legend. Um, was he Bowerman? Did he go with Bowerman or was he like OTC? I, I, I have no idea to be honest what he did after. I mean, for um, the, way, the way Bowerman rolls, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. We'll just call him Bowerman for the, for the time being. Yeah. <laughs> Bowerman gets yeah. all the alumni. Yeah. 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 So, you know, and, and, and that's the thing too, is I also get that like, like people are, um, 
you know, club Nats is also a little bit of a, a fall target, right? It's like, okay, yeah. like I, I don't want to show up to club Nats, like super soggy. If I'm one of these big names, right? Like if I'm, yeah. you know, Ryan, Ryan Hill at Bethlehem and whatever, 2014 or something like that, when he won, like he wants to go out there and, and be in shape and get ready for indoors to, you know, shred a seven twenty four or whatever. Like, um, yeah, you no, know, you're so, not trying to lose the people you shouldn't lose to. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like if, yeah. You're, if you're making an Olympic team or you're making a world team or you're getting paid to do this and you get beat by like, you know, uh, a, a nine to five janitor <laughs> or you get beat by a guy who on the side like sells running shoes, man. Like that's, it's like, don't you do this for a living, man? And then uh, yeah. afterwards you get beat by them and flip cup at the after party. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's nice to connect with them too. It's like, it's like, you know, uh, you know, on, on that tangent, like, um, you know, hanging out with people like Jake Riley and, you know, I've, and actually him and I have crossed paths several times over the years. Um, he's definitely got, he's got the upper hand in terms of the record. Um, but you know, it's, it, it is a little bit of a back and forth. Um, but like connecting with him at, at club nets that one year and Hey, how was, how, how was Tokyo, you know? <laughs> Oh, how was the olympics man (laughs) how was the olympics and and um you know so it was it was kind of cool to connect with him on that but um yeah we're training for club nationals um we got a strong team um i i'm a big fan of cross-country style training um i'm a big fan of what it does for for your fitness but also for just for your just attention, you know, it's cause racing, you know, these, these little four mile races that we do, um, because we compete in a, um, as, as part of the Hoka Aggies, we compete in the Pacific association, USA track and field, um, region. And there's a little, um, they have a grand prix. It's pretty well organized. And they're like, most of the races are four or five miles. Um, it's just like, to me, it's like low hanging fruit to go run a, 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 a trail cross country race in, in Santa Cruz. Even if you're not in super great shape, you still have to like go through the motions of warming up and, and racing and, and, and stuff like that. And, and it's fun too, you know, it's like, yeah, okay. I'm going to go probably run five, 10 pace and get just destroyed by Sean Davidson. But you know, it's, it makes, it, it makes for a great, you know, memory. And it makes for a great experience too. Cause uh, you know, you, you, you get an effort in and, you know, hang out with your friends, warm up, cool down and maybe go to lunch or something. Yeah. Especially being in kind of like, um, for lack of a better word, kind of like the rat race of life where we're like, literally all everybody's doing is like, um, like wake up, we wake up in the morning super early. We go to work. We probably run twice that day. Like, and then you get home, you take care of whatever you need to at home, probably make dinner for you, probably spend time with your family. For me, it's like hanging out for like an hour Then you go to bed and then you do it all over again. These trips are kind of a really nice way of breaking up the monotonous of like the monotony of like overall life and whatnot. So a lot of like my best memories, some of these races aren't the highest quality of races. Some of these races aren't the most competitive races, like outside of our own team, like at PAs this year, you guys scored 19 points. I didn't race mm-hmm. because of Achilles injury, but you guys scored 19 points. So they might not be the most competitive races in terms of um, outside competition from our team, but a lot of it, it's not even coming down to the race. A lot of it is you spend four hours in a car with your friends and a lot of it, you're just catching up, bumping some E40, driving up to the Bay, yeah. <laughs> like 
playing yep. some playing some music, telling some stories. You're just a little more unhinged. It's kind of like a, a deep breath from life. Yeah. You don't have to worry about anything other than this small four mile cross country race for the weekend. It's almost like it's almost like going on a camping trip with your boys. Yeah. Kind of roughing it somewhere, getting a race done, getting fitness and breaking up the whole monotony of what your week normally looks exactly, like. Exactly. Totally. I mean, you nailed it there. It's like I look forward to these events, right? And 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 it kind of goes back to like the 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 benefit of the blue collar lifestyle, right? Yeah. Is that like, man, I get to go to Soledad with the boys. You know, I get <laughs> to go to San Jose, right? Soledad, baby. Uh, you know, I, I like you know, when we went to bait, we went to beta breakers, um, in May. And, um, so beta breakers is a, is a, uh, 12k, right? 12, yeah, 12k. 12k in San Francisco. It's basically like, you know, Mardi Gras meets the Boston marathon. And, um, you know, we run a centipede. So there's 13, 13, right. There, 13 yeah, of us. Yeah. 13, there's 13 individuals in a centipede bungee corded together. And it's one of our legendary races that we do every year. The Aggies have done. Joe Rubio did it with a bed sheet, uh, like Garbage around that, you know, uh, <laughs> like power bar, right? Like they had a cape running through the city. So it's it's been we've been doing this for a uh, was it a garbage bag? Yeah, they used to do garbage bags back in garbage the garbage bags. Right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they were different. They were way different. They were built different. Yeah. Um. Anyways, so that race, I. I was helping my wife at a middle school meet all day, like all day. And I had to like, keep te kept texting the group. I'm, I'm like, I'm running late. I'm running late. I'm running late. And, uh, you know, and, but I was like in the back of my hand, I was in the back of my mind. I was just like, you just need to get to the guys. And I was just, it was ended up being like such a nice trip. I fell asleep a lot in the car. I will admit, <laughs> but, um, but well, like, you, you didn't go to the EDM show. <laughs> oh, the EDM show, man. It the never EDM existed. Never it never <laughs> It wasn't, no, I, 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 dude, I was asleep. I was asleep. I was, I was in my bed. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I mean, so yeah, I mean, a little, a little bit of tangent there, but talking about like, just giving an example of what you're talking about with, you know, the monotony of everyday life. It's like, you know, that was the fifth track meet I'd hosted that year. And I was like, you know, I was ready for, um, just, a, just give me, give me 24 hours, give me 36 hours in the city. I'll be good. Yeah, just get on unhinged a little bit. Yeah, like the thing about beta breakers too, like an event like that, for me, I always dread it. I'm always like, I don't want to do this. It's dumb. It's a waste of time. I got to spend four hours in the bay. And the next thing you know, I'm with Dustin Solomon in, in the bar at 2 a.m. <laughs> dancing, <laughs> getting up for the race at 5.30 the next morning, going out and doing this dang centipede. And then looking back at it, sitting in sitting in the camp, drinking a couple beers with my friends, getting roasted by Silas, like, and um then yeah. you drive back and it's like, you know, back to reality at the end of it. It's like the whole time I'm, I'm bashing it being like, yeah, I don't want to do that. Like, no, no part of me wants to do this. And then every time you leave and you're like, oh, that was actually pretty fun. And that's how I feel right. like that's how I feel about like every PA race. It's just I don't want to be doing this. And then at the end of it, it's just it's just a ton of fun. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely a ton of fun. Um, And. Maybe yeah. how does yeah. how does huh? what's up? Oh, no, go for it. Go for it. You go. On on so on the trajectory of uh, of Club Nats, I'm also training for the Olympic trials in Orlando, Florida, February third, yeah. uh, which time just got changed to 10 a.m. Um, 
from noon to to 10 a.m., which is which is which is nice for the for the weather. Yeah. So how, um, how are you feeling about the weather? What are your thoughts about all that? Are you kind of just whatever it is what it is or are you it is what it is what it is it it, it is what it is i'm not i'm i i'm a big realist when it comes to things that you can control yeah you know it's at noon cool let's do it let's train in the heat let's train at noon um i didn't really buy into the whole like twitter war um of or x whatever it's called of uh people complaining about it because it's like at the end of the day like it's it's not up to us it's not up to me so i can i can prepare but i i can't control the time of day but um, the thing that was that when they moved when they had it at noon when they released that announcement i i was mostly like concerned about the time of day just running a 26 mile race at noon it's like i you know most of most of marathons are 6 a.m 7 a.m 8 a.m so I was like, I'm going to have to train my body to wake up at the right time. Granted, it is East Coast time. We're coming from the West Coast, so it's 9 o'clock, so it's not that big of a deal. But it's still like the time of day yeah. is still like, you know, I'm not going to go to bed at, at like, you know, 1 a.m. so that I sleep in till noon. Like, that's not healthy. But that was more the thing. It's like the preparation mentally and physiologically just waking the body up. Yeah, like what the um, hell are you going to do? Like if you do race at noon, like what are you gonna do all morning? And then after that, like your marathon's done about three p.m. or like hopefully like two twelve p.m. And right, <laughs> like two twelve. Yeah, you gotta just like wasted a day two after that, <laughs> and all the travel and whatnot. But um, with Club Cross being in Florida, do you think that's like is this is Club Cross gonna be kind of like a demo on filling things out? They both, I think the the main the open race for Club Cross starts at ten as well. Uh, I think it usually starts at like 1 p.m. No way. It starts that late? Yeah, the open men. I think, no way. I think it usually starts at noon. Yeah, it starts a little bit. Because there's a bunch of Masters races in before. It usually starts like around lunchtime. Remember, we're always like the last ones there. Uh, yeah, huh. It says 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Do we really start that late? Jeez. Okay, well, at least you get to practice for the heat. Yeah. Yeah, open men twelve forty five. Yeah, you're right, man. Yeah, at least you get to practice for the heat. So is it gonna be, is it gonna be kind of like a time trial or not a time trial, but like a practice going through the motions and just that's like, exactly it. That's exactly know, it. We're and we're going to get out there and we're gonna do it. But yeah, so how um, cross country integrates well uh, with. Um, I really like how cross country integrates with, with, uh, marathon training. And, and this is something we, we established last year with, with, uh, Houston, um, being kind of the model, uh, with Houston being in January club Nats is in middle of December PAs is late November. So it kind of gives us a timeline. Um, and what I really like about cross country training in preparation for cross, con- uh, uh, a marathon training is I think that a lot of times, um, uh, you know, the, that faster pacing, you know, that, that 5k, 10k style of racing is, is um, uh, pacing is, is helpful, right? When I, when we, last year we were in um, San Francisco for club nets and it was, um, there was a storm and they trees blew over the course and stuff. So they mid meet, they switched it to a flat um, 2k loop, or, um, an asphalt um, track um, that was completely flat, but also 
um, asphalt. So I only brought spikes. Yeah. Flats. Yeah. So I just, we all took our spikes out and just had just no spikes with spike plastic plates, just clacking on, um, asphalt road surface. Um, but with that, it was really fast. So we were, I mean, I, I, we, 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 we got after Cole Hawker was in the mix and I was like clicking off like 437s, 438s, 439s. And I feel like that style or that um, pacing really met, helped make um, marathon pacing, 510, 515 pace seem attainable, right? Um, also the hills and, and uh, kind of just like the mental toughness that you need, right? When you're- Yeah, cross country is for dogs, man. It's, it's, yeah. about, it's about who's stronger and who wants to hurt more. So like- right. And in an event like the marathon, marathon is so it's a, it's a bigger mental game than it is physical. So something right. like cross country, it's the same way. It's not knowing where you're at in the race unless you're constantly checking your Garmin. Um, it's who could hurt the most, who wants to feel the most uncomfortable, who can be uncomfortable for the longest, who's okay with being uncomfortable. And um, cross country and the marathon have a lot of lot of those in common. It's not about it's not about looking pretty out there. It's about being yeah. gritty. It's about being gritty um so yeah that 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 is the ultimate goal right is is the is the marathon but i think you know intermittently you can still have sort of these mini peak races like you said like like yeah. tallahassee can be a dress rehearsal for orlando you know we're flying to the east coast we have to warm up it might be a little hot and humid you got to get all your gear over there all that sort of stuff um so i'm really looking forward to uh to club nats next week and um on the build-up train, I talked about marathon. Did you want to share what your uh, winter plans are? Yeah, man. So I say the same thing every year. I always say I'm going to do an indoor season. And something always happens. So this year I got an Achilles injury, so I missed all of cross-country, essentially. I ran one cross-country race in September. But I'm kind of looking at that as God being like, yo, you, you're going to do this indoor season this year. But previous years I've gotten COVID. I've gotten injured. Mm -hmm. Like. I've gotten sick. Something has always happened that's like stifled my indoor, um, my indoor seasons. I got so many flight credits from reimbursement from flying to Seattle, flying to Boston. I'm not lying. So this year I'm uh, with the way training's going. I've had like four solid weeks of training, um, three really good ones where I've been working out, um, getting in some speed. Everything's starting to feel good. Everything's starting to come together. So for me, I really want to go to BU because that track is nerfed, man. <laughs> like that track, yep. there's some, some secret sauce. Hoka finally has a super spike too. Mm -hmm. And I'm incredibly hyped about that. We saw our boy Luis Grijalva run um run at Worlds get fourth in it. He's run 1251 in it. Um, he's run like 352 in it. So it's like, all right, it's gotta be legit, right? Looks like a duck, quacks like a duck, probably a duck. <laughs> so I'm hoping that this super spike also is legit. Um, the BU track is super fast. So for me, I want to run an indoor mile and I want to run um a good 5k. For me, I just need an updated 5K PB minus from about two years ago. I ran a 1349. Right. And um, I I want to get that down to the 1330s. I thought last year I was in shape for it and I hurt my hamstring. And um, I was having killer workouts. But uh, so hopefully I can get a 5K time down. And for me, my 1500, I've never really been a speed guy. But early season, um, two seasons back, I ran 348 in the 1500. And um, showed a showed a lot of potential in certain uh, workouts where I was running sub four pace, like I did eight hundred and then four by four hundred, 
and I ran 158 in the 800, and then I ran sub 60 all of the 400s off of off of um 200 jog. So in my head, I was like, okay, I I'm peaked, and I wound up running a 5k PR after that workout. So in my head, I was like, what if I did a mile at that time instead of the 5k? Like, what could I have been able to break four, or maybe even flirt with it? So even though people argue saying that sub four doesn't mean what it used to, just because so many people do it. To me, it does, man. So I would really like to maybe at, at like the BU qualifier or the Valentine meet in mid-February, maybe go for a sub four time. So yeah. never been able to do, uh, never been able to do indoor just because of injuries and illness and whatnot. And just recovering from that, it's always keep the main thing, the main thing. So I would just mm-hmm. focus on outdoor. Um, but this year, that would be, that'd be a dream come true. Um, training a lot recently with MD guys as well. I'm doing a lot of the base phase with you guys as well. So all of that feels like it's going to be, it's going to be adding up. I'm hoping that I can come back and report in a couple months being like, yes, I ran in the 1330s and yes, I got under four this season. Yeah. That'd be a dream come true. And then if I can hold fitness, I'm gonna have to talk with um, coach about it, but the sound running 10, it's hard to get into. Yeah. It's um if I'm gonna be doing a season through February, I'm thinking maybe I can just hold the peak or hold the fitness through mid-March and run a good 10K and then re kind of recalibrate from there rather than trying to run fast in February and then recalibrate for like Brian Clay in April, April. to run a 10K yeah. or like Mount Sack to run a fast 10K because that's kind of where that's where being a blue collar kind of it kind of rubs there's friction in terms of when you peak because for me like there's uh, there's no NCAA period for us, so there's no real races between like May seventh and June seventh. Like for that month, there's no races just because everyone's either going to regionals or NCAA's, and then all the races aren't till late summer. So it's like, all right, you don't really have time to get into a good 10k. So for me, I'm hoping that if I can kind of uh, knock out that 10k in March or get a good time so that I can run in a better heat later, um, that would be that'd be the most ideal. So that's kind of what I'm training for. Mm-hmm. I normally do about 100 to 105 a week in terms of mileage. Um, right now, I'm kind of pulling it back just because I've had a little bit of an injury prone for the last like year and a half. I've been constantly getting injured mid-season, every season. So it's like, okay, maybe I should be doing around that 100. Maybe I need to emphasize recovering a little bit more, you know, um, moving up in career path too. So that's a little bit more stressful. That's just um, taking a little bit more time. Um, I also work for an agency in Minnesota, so I start at 6.45 or 6.30 every day, mm. so I'm not, like, sleeping in or anything like that. And um, are, are you off a little earlier? I am off a little bit earlier, yeah. I'm off okay. at, like, 3, 3.30 most days just because okay. of how early I start. But um, a lot of that, it's taking – it's less sleep. It's um, a little bit more stressful just because it's higher up in, in my career path. And um, – so for me, I have to kind of accept, you know, maybe I need to back off mileage a little bit. So I'm kind of, um, the coach here at Cal Poly, Ryan Van Hoy told me like, you know, why don't you just keep, uh, why don't you just keep like the main thing of that day, the main thing. So for me, I was like, okay, like that makes sense to me. So my mileage is looking about 85 to 90, which is still really high. And I still have to tell myself like, it's not a hundred, but that's still a lot of mileage. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Right. So what is, you know, what, what would be your like perfect scenario? The stars align in a, like realistically, right? Like, you know, yeah. what would be like your perfect scenario in terms of getting into meets and, 
your sort of peaking and progression and the events that you would choose to do? Yeah, I mean, ideally getting into the meets, I shoot an email saying, hey, I've run these times. <laughs> Can I get in? Yeah, Let's yeah. But like what, what, meet, what specific meets and what events? Oh, yeah. So BU has one in late January and they have another one in um, mid-February. And so, then you go mile, then 5K? No, I'd go 5K, then mile. Just then because mile, okay. in terms of like periodization. Right. And what would make more sense. So for me, sharper. You're gonna be, yeah. yeah, you're going to be sharper, run a faster mile. Also, like there's more opportunities for a fast 5K outdoor than there are miles. So for me, if I'm going to be sharp indoor, like I want to try to get that sub four. Right. <laughs> like I want to try it. I want to gun for that sub four. So, um, or get and that's late. Possible. And that's late January. That would be uh, mid February. Oh, mid February, and that that puts you in a perfect timeline for the ten. Yeah, um, exactly. That one's like early March. Yeah, so that's early March, and then, and then you would recalibrate after that, and then maybe shoot for like a another sound running later in the, like in like June. Yeah, right now sound running has me by a choke by a chokehold. I can't lie. So it would be like you know. Early May would be like the on festival one. Oh, the on fest, right? Right. Is that at yeah, Mount Sac? Yeah, that was at Mount Sac. It was a fantastic oh. event last year. Oh, that'd be fun to go. I want to go. I have I want to go, but I want I would I would try to go to that. I would try to be your it, hype man. It was a lot of fun. I'll take I got your splits. Dude, I've struggled to get into sound running meets, man. I'm on like Jesse's blacklist, I'm pretty damn sure of people <laughs> that like email him. I'm like, yo, please <laughs> just give me a chance. Last time I balled out. And it takes like two or three emails, but I usually get in. So yeah, dude, I got in in 2021. I I, I got into a like July 24th 5K. Yeah, I remember <laughs> that. I remember that. That was supposed to be a 10K though. <laughs> it was supposed to be the 10K, but they bailed. No, they bailed on the 10K. They they canceled the or they deleted the event. So they put all the 10K guys in 5K. Now that happened to me one year with the mile. I entered in the 1500, and I found out like two hours before I raced that I got put in the mile, and I was like, oh. It didn't change that much, but also it's still like, you know, it's still something. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yep. Um, well, I think uh I think that's a good first episode. What do you think? Yeah, I think we could wrap it up. We could wrap it up there. I'm very happy with how that went. Uh, this dude, I I think uh the vibe is good. And I think we have a lot to uh a lot to uncover too yeah definitely i'm excited for the trajectory that this goes down first episode yeah. we once again we're Get fresh it. at this fresh so, fresh first episode gets to know us a little bit as time goes on it'll be more relevant to to daily things but happy for everybody that's giving me the listen happy for everybody that um wants to join us on the ride yeah yeah thanks again for listening to the lane one talk show uh We'll see you next time. Peace.